All right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Andy McCabe. I'm your Restoration Rebel Leader. This is June 12th, 2018, and this is the Restoration Rebel Roundtable. Before we get rolling and rocking and everything else, we always read the four commitments. So let's do it. In order to maintain clarity of purpose, we ask that every member of the Rebel community make the following commitments. Number one, I will protect the value of my services. I will never provide free services as this would only serve to erode the value of similar services industry-wide. Oh, that plays right into Nikki's question. I love it. Number two, I will practice incredible transparency. I'll explain our processes in details to my client. I will never hide details or manipulate reports. I will never communicate with a third party without also communicating with my client. Number three, I do not believe in competition. The restoration professionals in my market are part of my community. I will be an active member of that community is our unbreakable unity that will create the change that we strive for. Number four, I am willing to walk away from any project, client, or contract that is not compatible with my values and stated mission. <sighs> Healthy relationships do not require us to give up money, sleep, or our humanity. Boom. All right. Next thing we do on every single round tables, we find a new face in the room and have them introduce themselves. So I think we've got a couple now. I'm here we Tracy Shup. Tracy Shup. Suckers. Suckers. All right, Robert Moore's first on deck. Introduce yourself. What part of the country are you in? What are you doing? And uh, what else do we need to know about you? Um again I'm Robert Moore. I'm currently in Maryland. Uh, I'm with mitigation manager for a Paul Davis franchise out of Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia. I've been doing restoration work for eight and a half years now. Um, and I just really love what I do, and I try to keep track. That's why I love watching y'all and, and being part of this group. Good. How long have you been uh, lurking? Um, about a few months now. Oh, nice. Good. Welcome, man. I'm glad to have Thanks. you. Welcome Thanks. aboard. Tracy, have you been here before? Tracy Shep, I think I'm looking at a table, maybe. Your phone's on. Oh, what about? Uh, where'd she go? Where'd you go? Oh, Tracy's a dude. My bad. Hey, wait, wait. Stop talking. I got to unmute you. There you go. Hit it. Yeah, this is Kevin. I'm Tracy's boss. I'm driving right now, so I'm just trying to chime in and kind of listen a little bit. I got uh, introduced to Restoration Rebels through Bob up in uh, New York. And uh, it's been pretty good to talk with Bob. He's helped guide me on a lot of situations. And we're trying to just kind of stay in touch with the community and kind of get any insight that kind of helps us kind of move forward. I love it. What, uh, what type of work you guys do? Uh, mostly water mitigation. We do some cleaning as well. We don't do any fire. A uh, little bit of mold. We've been around since like 98, <clears throat> and uh, mainly the water's been pretty good for us for probably the last 10 years or so. Good. Yeah, good for you, man. Glad to have you. I'm glad Bob's Thank spreading you. the love around. Yeah, he's been a, Bob's been great. Well, it helps that he knows everything. <laughs> no, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, thanks, Ben. I'm going to hit mute. There we go. Uh, who else is here for the first time? Anybody else? Huh? Got a small room tonight. We got eleven people. I uh, 
uh, I got something to say. Uh, Tim, Tim and Joe, I'll, I'll let you open with anything you guys have to say first, though. Yeah, just so you know, I'm my phone is dying, so I'm opening Zoom up on my computer while I'm working here. So I might temporarily drop you or be need to be let back in. Fair enough. Fair enough. Joe, you got something to say? Take nope. the floor, Joe. All right. No, All I'm right. good. Go ahead. Um, I'm going to post this in the group. It was uh, a, a car salesman that I follow on LinkedIn uh, posted a video. And uh, look, hey, Tim, you're right there. Oh, all right. You got to, yeah, there you go. Turn off one of them. Oh, you got to turn down the volume. There we go. There we go. Sorry, guys. Uh, so this guy has some smart things to say from time to time. And he put a video uh, talking about reputation. And I thought what he had to say was good. I'm just going to read what he wrote and I'll post a video for y'all later. Uh, He says, I feel like every day someone feels the need to tell me comments from the peanut gallery. Look, it means nothing to me and shouldn't mean anything to you. In fact, these small minded individuals are usually envious and jealous. You're making moves and they aren't. These people's comments about other people are usually deeper routed, deeper, deeper rooted issues they have about themselves. If you have an opportunity to help them, do so. Is reputation important? Yes, to the right people. Don't be discouraged by the haters. That's not reputation. That's gossip. Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. That last three lines were Eleanor Roosevelt. We've had some gossip happening. We've had some people leave. We've had some people leak videos that were never meant to be public. We've had some really nasty things said about a lot of people, especially me. And I'm here to tell you, it's gossip. And if you want to believe it, you're going to believe what you want to believe. We are here for one reason and one reason only, and that's to change our industry. If you want anything other than that, then you're probably in the wrong place. This is this group, the Restoration Rebels, has been two years coming, two years developing. And it's come on fast and it's come on hot and heavy and it's been messy. I've made mistakes. And I think I've been the first one to say I've made a ton of them. I made all of them. But before you try, I'm speaking to the people outside of this room and outside of this group. Before you try to, let me rephrase. There's two ways to build the biggest building in town. The first one is to work your ass off and build the biggest freaking building in town. Second way is to tear down all the other buildings in town. So if you've got to look outside of yourself, If you've got to look somewhere else and start digging on other things in order to make your thing or your business or yourself look better or more appealing, that's a very short-term proposition for you. That's a short-term strategy. Your odds of success in the long term are very, very low. So I refuse to listen to the gossip. 
I refuse to put energy into it. I've said what I needed to say. I've, I've, I've put out numbers where people have asked for numbers. And I've also taking, I've taken the advice that I've been given from multiple sources and I've, I've done things according to what my advisors have told me to do. When advisors tell me, you don't need to show your bank accounts to all these people, I don't show my bank accounts to all these people. That's the way it is. So we're in a, we're in a transition period as a group. We are, we are going through some rocky stuff. But at the end of the day, why are we here? If this Facebook group shut down today, how many people would go start another group because they felt passionate about it? And how many people would just go to, you know, go home and stop or start watching Netflix? That's the differentiating factor between who's here to get business done and help society and restoration industry as a whole and who's here to just gossip. So we're going to cut to that. We're going to cut, we're going to cut straight to it. There are people that I have removed from this group because they were not helping this group and they were assholes. And the reason I know I made a good decision is because they were still assholes. <laughs> still, thanks, Dean. They're still acting like assholes. Uh, and spewing their hate and their venom. And, and I, I'm sorry. Sometimes I turn on a video and I cry to y'all. And I'm sorry for that. But that's because I feel it right here. Because I am so passionate about what we're doing. So I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul. All right, let's get down to the question. Anybody, anybody have any feedback on that? Tim, go ahead. Hey, Andy, a couple of things. I, I saw a couple of um, comments today, and I, I wanted to get a couple things out in the open in regards to um, what you just talked about. Uh, there was a comment posted earlier. Um, I think Clark um, put on there something about he wanted some feedback, and a couple of people jumped on. And uh, one comment was made that nobody speaks up because they're basically afraid of some retribution or mm. getting kicked out of the group if they're not. Um, oh, if they don't fall in line. I read if that they don't too. fall in line. So I think that really needs to be addressed because, um, again, it's my opinion that we want all members to be able to be um, open and participate and communicate. And if, 2000 people are, are lurking in the shadows because they have an understanding that if they disagree, they're going to get booted out. Then, um, that's certainly, um, prohibiting some discussion and certainly prohibiting involvement. And I think that that needs to be nipped in the butt right now that, um, nobody is removed from the group just for a differing opinion. We, we can't remove people. We can't remove people from differing opinions. This is this is where we grow as a whole. Exactly. So we need we need differing opinions to to be able to 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 be able to learn and grow. If, if everybody agrees the same thing, then why are we here? Yeah. We just all, we could all write it down and go home and be done. So <laughs> we need all those people with differing opinions. So I think it's important to make that very clear that. Nobody should be afraid to voice their opinion or to have a differing opinion um, for fear of getting kicked out. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, so anyway, if you can elaborate on that, just so we really drive that home, because that, 
that's not the first time I've seen that come up. And it's, it's um, I, again, it's concerning to me. I, I, for, for me, I don't want people to feel like they're, they can't talk for fear of getting kicked out. Mm. Ugh, and you all have to forgive me. I'm just getting over strep throat. So if I lose my voice, I'm just going to, call timeout um the video that was leaked was what an hour and a half and it was it was definitely leaked it was not meant it was a private leadership group meeting that we had and we recorded it yes because we wanted to be able to go back and 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 look at things but it was not meant to go public with it was made public for shaming purposes and, and for a scorched earth policy that someone decided to, to take. That was an hour and a half. Well, I just got done today reading, uh, or not watching another video we had with the same individual. It was Clark and I in the same week. That was two hours. All right. So just recorded time. We have. I, only, I think I only saw the one on you that did. other. You did. We didn't release the other one because. Oh. Because once again, it wasn't meant for public dissemination. So there's at least three and a half hours of recorded dialogue and debate with this one person. And it didn't start. It, the, the fact that he was removed, the, the, the thinking of him being removed from the group did not start until three and a half hours of debate later and endless text messages and emails. And it finally occurred to the leadership group that this person did not have this group's best intentions at heart. They and were I'll not- also clarify, Andy, that what I just was suggesting didn't actually have anything to do with that. It had, had to do sure. with the current member. So yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I understand that there have been members in the past that, that have been removed for other reasons, but current members, um, there are current members still that aren't, aren't talking because they don't fully, they don't fully agree with some of the other mainstream ideas in the group. And we had um, some very, very, I would, I would say quote powerful or reputable people in our industry either leave or kicked out of this group. And they didn't, they didn't leave and they weren't kicked out because they had different opinions. We all have different opinions. They well, they were kicked out because they were acting like assholes and treating people like dirt and treating other people's opinions like they were less than thou. Right. Um, that attitude does not fly. That mentality of, I know better than everyone here, so listen to me, and whatever opinion you just gave me is dirt, that just doesn't last. It doesn't last here. That's not open dialogue. No, I'm, I'd like, we are, all, we are all, we have such a diverse background here. We need to hear from everybody. This needs to be a safe space. But if, if we know that someone, as soon as they leave, they're going to throw up a flag on their way out, a big bird and an F you, and, and then all the trash comes out after they leave, well, they're probably not the best person to have in a group in the first place. Right? So that's, yeah, and I was sorry to hear, I was sorry to read that. I was sorry to read that some people are afraid they're going to get kicked out for having a different opinion. Well, it's, it's not true. It won't happen. So, so let us have it. I want to hear it. I want to, I want to hear what the different opinion is. Unless your opinion is 
Andy, you're a crook. Well, okay, I can't, uh, all right. <laughs> Sooner or later, we will have a voting structure. We will have actual paid members and we will have votes and you can vote Andy McCabe in or off the boat. All right. And when that happens, I, I, w- I welcome everyone to raise their hands saying, you know what, Andy McCabe, you did a piss poor job of doing this thing. It's time for another leadership and I'll be fine. I'll be fine with that. I accept that decision. But until that point, this is still my group. No one's paying to be here. And I get to make the rules. Fair? I don't know. That sound a little, a little over the top. Hey, Stephen, what, what say you? Mr. Ardno? What's going on? Yo, yo. I'm just uh, wrapping up an invoice for an adjuster today. And he, uh, for some reason, said that... Uh, he wanted to look at my invoice before he could approve coverage. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wrong answer. For, for the homeowner, because he said that the homeowner has a cap and he doesn't want to know. He wanted to write the homeowner a check for the cap right up front. And the homeowner's like, yeah, but this is going to be over my cap. So what are you talking about? Then he said, hey, we can get you a, a, a check right now for over your cap minus your deductible just to make sure we hit every number on your cap. And the guy's like, wait, you can write it for more than my cap, but you're going to take the deductible off to make sure that I get exactly my cap number. How can that seem logical? Games. So anyway, because my logic was you got the cap minus the deductible. That's what you would write the check for, not over the cap minus the deductible. The deductible gets absorbed when it's over the when it's over the limit. No, that makes sense yeah. that he was trying to write write it for the cap, but I don't I don't buy the fact that there's no coverage until he sees an estimate. That the one right. has nothing to do with the other. Right. So anyway, we were we were going back and forth, and his local agent is the one that gave me the the uh, the lead yesterday, and so I went out, took care of the homeowner, a local adjuster, loved everything I was getting out there. The adjuster came out today, or the agent liked what I was doing. Homeowner loved me, and uh, adjuster came in today and said, hey, I've got some bad news for you. So he's been on the phone with his carrier all day today with the local agent. They came back and said, hey, you gave us good advice today, and we appreciate that. We're still trying to get the carrier to approve everything, but the adjuster wants your invoice. Hmm. And I haven't even started working yet. I mean, I've got the estimate all wrote out. I mean, well, it's about going to get fat. Yeah. I mean, what else you want me to do? You want me to waste my time now because you're being a dweeb or what? Well, and not just that. Um, the, the fact of the matter is you don't know what you don't know. These, right. These I mean, if I get into walls, is. how can you see what's behind the walls? You don't know. So you got to you got to start guessing what you're going to see, and that right. is going to be higher than reality. It's so just, he's got a baby. They he got married about a year ago. This this homeowner and um, it was about a year ago this time, and they're having their first baby in August. He's got mold in his attics now from the uh, AC leaking, and because they've drugged this on for the last couple of days because he's been in touch with his agent since the water leak was discovered. Oh, it wasn't a pipe break. Well, the AC leak, but the actual condensation pipe busted. Okay. 
and leaked in his house four bedrooms. So well, that should be covered under different. What's what are they saying the exclusions or the the cap is on? Well, they're saying that he only has three thousand dollars on accidental um, Dis- accidental discharge. discharge. That wasn't an accidental discharge; it was a broken pipe. Well, that's what he's going back and forth with on his, his adjuster saying one thing, but the agent is trying to get involved and pull some weight for him. Uh, all right, all right. So, hey, you know what? I've got a dehue and an air scrubber sitting there. Still turning, <laughs> still turning. Get the clock so, running. But, you know, the thing is this, is with this group, I love this group. I've loved this group since January, right? We've had some turmoil. Um. Anytime you have business growth, you're going to have business pains. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have family growth, there's always family pains. Anytime you have church growth, there's always church pains. There's any type of growth, there's always pains. Internal pains, external pains. It's always going to be with the territory. How you respond to those pains shows your true character. Not their character your character. Mm -hmm. And so as leaders, maybe not everybody is for the group. I don't know. They have to make that determination whether or not this group is for them. Yep. But to come in and disrupt, I think, yeah, this group isn't for you. Um, You know, if I, if I didn't agree with this group, I've, I've been taught in life by my mentors that, you know what? You just leave silently. Hey, I didn't agree with you. I don't agree with leadership. I'm just going to take a back door. I'm going to say bye, cordial, and I'm going to go do my own thing. But to disrupt just seems like, okay, I'm throwing a temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. Go do your own thing. If you're so caught up in what this group is doing, even though you're not part of this group, then what's your motive? Yes. You know? Um, I do think that there's, you know, because of the disruption, you've got a lot of other people, like Tim said, that are afraid to even voice their opinion because they don't know the dividing lines. Mm. Mm. Like, okay, what can I say that, you, you know, what are the guidelines for me speaking up and speaking my opinion without having somebody else go, you know what? that's just not acceptable. Um, Mm. So I think we as a group have to regroup and say, what is the vision of the group? You know, for six months I've followed and I've listened and I've learned and I've profited. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. I've profited from this group, profited from Nashville. As it should be. You know, and I'm running my business more efficiently structurally now than I ever have in my career. And yeah, I just got started in restoration, but I've been in business for, um, since 2010 doing janitorial, you know, running a business. I'm even revamping some of my janitorial structure to better my business on that side Yep. because I've just been floating through life. So there are valuable things that I have learned and I'm still learning. And I want to learn. Every aspect of my life, I want to learn. Now, we have to, I I think personally, just in my own opinion, we have to, again, step back and what is the vision going forward? 
We can keep looking in the rearview mirror and fighting these battles all day long. No. And they're going to keep coming up. They will. Now, I love people. I want to help people, but you can't help everybody. You know, one of the things that um, I think it was in uh, Simon Sinek's book, he said, you can't be, you got to stop being all things to all people. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. focus on your focus. You know, so many times we got distractors where we get off focus. And before you know it, we're not even running our business. Yeah. Because we're running in circles around distractors. Exactly. So right. I think we have to have, I, I love seeing Tim's videos. I love seeing Joe's videos. I haven't seen, I love seeing Robert's videos, man, when he's driving down the road and he's got those nice little borders, you know, Robert Kiefer, you know, H2 Pro, and he's, you know, (laughs) pumping it up. I love seeing those, man, and and I think they've tapered off. But it was encouraging to me to hear from everybody. You know, I know everybody don't have time for that, and nobody's as professional as the McCabester. (laughs) I don't know about that. You know, I enjoy seeing the motivational things like the videos. Hey, what's going on in your real life world? That encourages me as as a uh, as part of this group. Yes. You know, when when Joe and hopefully Joe is censored tonight because my kids are in the room. <laughs> but when Joe is over there with a drone, going, hey. Let me tell you about these drones and these roofs that we just signed up 19, you know, the F word thing, um, <laughs> roofers. You know what that does? That makes me want to get off my couch, go down my street, and look for hail damage. Mm-hmm. Or, when Tim is, or when Tim is over there remodeling the new opera house with his construction business, I'm going, man. There's a nice little niche yep. that he's got going on the side that he's building a legacy. He's revamping a whole street. You know what that tells me? Hey, go find out what I can do for my community. Exactly right. Exactly so right. So there's things that the videos, man, I love seeing the videos. That encourages me when I see people out there getting it done. And Amen. I just think. We, we tapered off from that because we got distracted or yeah, we're busy. It's a busy season, but I think as newcomers come in, that's what motivates them. They see people out there getting it done. Getting it done. Amen. Let's get it done. Let's talk about getting it done. Let's talk about free estimates. Who here does free estimates? Joe, Dean, Dean, what type of free estimates do you can you can you is it noisy where you're at? Can you talk? No, I, I should be okay. All right, I can uh, I can make you out. I, I do all the wrong kind of free estimates for a long time. Uh, Once you refresh us, what what is the what is the wrong kind of free estimate? I think I know what you mean, but let, just for the the benefit of the group. Uh, wasting time by not knowing exactly who my perfect customer is. Oh, wasting time by not knowing exactly where our strong area is. Uh, because for so long in this little town that we live in, we're you know, half an hour from a metro edge. And so for a long time, the guy before me for 15 years, anything that moved, he went after it. Uh. So I'm, a, I'm an opportunist entrepreneur, so anything that moved, I went after it. And it's been a process, and this group has been a huge help. 
process of elimination to get down to the need to charge for and then award it back in a job potentially, you know, so that you're not just kicking tires for people. Yeah. So that, that's the main thing. So, so what types of free estimates will you give now and, and under what conditions? Uh, for widows, I still have a weak spot. So I'll, I'll that's a tough one. For a, for a widow. Or <laughs> uh, some family that's really, truly been through some hard stuff. So I'll still do those. Uh, I've gotten to the point now where anything else, I mean, the only thing that we'll do, free estimate over a phone, for our mold inspection side, I've got this instant scope equipment now. It's a forty thousand dollar piece of equipment I bring into your home. That I can do a free estimate for because I can do it over the phone. You're either gonna take it, you're gonna leave it, I'm moving on. But otherwise on on the bigger jobs, uh, it's it's gotta get written in. Uh, they gotta pay for it, otherwise I I can't afford to go. Right. That's and that's just where I'm at right now. Maybe that'll change, but that's just where I'm at. Yeah. So I heard know your target market, know your, your key, your, your key value proposition and, and, and what you do best. All right. Yep, got got it. it. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Who else out there? Somebody else raised their hand. Well, Joe, Joe, you give free estimates, but how much time do you spend those 19, those 19 estimates or the yeah, you went nineteen for nineteen for twenty that day, right? How much additional time did it take you to put together those estimates uh, for those twenty? Right. So that's not a scenario where we're writing a free estimate, right? So that's that. Oh, that was, different. that was different. Okay. Those were inspections with company cam and a drone to get us to be able to at least have a conversation with them, okay. where they didn't even know who we were, right? That was just how to create access to the customer. That's what we created there, but. To your point, our our estimating process is thirty minutes tops. I mean, there's if the loss is if the if the loss is under fifty thousand dollars, thirty minutes from the site of inspection, we can have full blown, complete executive estimates completed, one hundred percent, full documentation, photo reports. I mean, all done really seamlessly. So for us, because you're rocking you know, the macros. Well, listen, we're rocking macros, we're rocking experience, we're rocking just a whole lot of technology, right? That just works together. Um, and it's it's really not hard, but we're not out there just giving away free estimates, right? Like the people the people that we're definitely not writing free estimates for <laughs> are like realtors. Like we're trying to make a house transaction sale and they need a quote to negotiate they down just need the rate a number. Somebody, yes. Right? Yeah, like I'm like I'm not no, I'm good. Like I'll I'll mess with people like that and I'll give them like a, a quote five times what it should be. <laughs> figure that out, right? Call someone else. Gonna waste my time, um, but yes. um, there's scenarios where um, absolutely, you know, we will go in and if we feel that we need to uh, produce a scope of work, now, see, this is where everybody, this is where everybody gets confused, right? Because everybody says I'm gonna write a free estimate. Well, I actually don't write estimates to be honest with you. I haven't wrote a damn freaking estimate, and I don't know how long. Like we just don't. We write scopes of work. Uh -huh. And then if you agree to the scope of work, I give you a contract that's got my name, your name, and how much you're paying, right? <laughs> so um, we, don't, we don't actually use the word estimate. Like, that's just not our thing. So there's many scenarios where we have to put together a scope of work. It's a large loss. It's $150,000 mitigation. It's not time and materials. They need to know right now because we're going to get a financial commitment from the client. Yes, 
yes. I will put together a scope of work. Um, because if I don't, that's barrier to entry at the table against two or three of my peers. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not writing a free estimate to give to an adjuster to beat up another contractor. Right. I'm definitely not doing that. Right? Like, that's where we draw the line in the sand. Well, that's but exactly I think all of us. I think all of us have something, right? Like one thing where they're like, yeah, I write estimates or I write proposals for free. Like the last gentleman because of uh, um, widow, widow, you know, women, right? Like that's, that's close to his heart. So I think we all have something like that. And at some point in business, we all estimate for free for that reason. Sure. Right. Um, but I will say this, if you're out there writing estimates or proposals all day long and your business isn't growing, then you're actually spending the, your time on the wrong task. Like clearly yeah. you don't know how to estimate or propose. So you should be doing something else because your closure rate's not there. If your closure rate's there, write as many estimates as you can. It's a sales funnel. Right. 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 Like, well, you got to be hitting it out of the park. Yeah. You, your closure rate just got to be on point. Otherwise. Yeah. Right. So by two cents. Yeah. So there's, there's a point, <laughs> believe it or not, I got accused today of not being a real restorer. So I've got to preface that when I was a real restorer, not so long ago, when I was actually performing a work, I, I judged it like this. How much time is it going to take me? If they would accept an over the phone wag, it would still be a free estimate really, but I didn't have a lot of time into it. Just like Joe just said, he had 30 minutes, 40 minutes tops into it. Okay, fine. But if I had to drive out, take photos and measure and spend mental time on it, drive back and work it up. If I'm looking at three or four hours of my time, I've really got to judge. I got to make a judgment call. What the, what's their end game? Back to Mr. Ledbetter. What's their end game? What do they want out of this thing? And if it's, if it's just the adjuster wanting a number to beat up another, another contractor, it's just like a real estate agent trying to beat up a buyer with your number. So you've got to get really good at sussing out where these people are at before you say, yeah, we give free estimates. The blanket free estimates on, the, on your truck free estimates, you are just asking for a lifetime of wasted effort. You just are. All right, so who else, who else does give free estimates and, and why? Oh, uh, Clark, you raise your hand. No, you just wanted to see your, your beautiful shirt. I got it. I don't, I don't get free estimates. I don't give estimates. I no. get proposals. I get proposals. No, I, I didn't raise my hand. I'm, I'm, I'm being quiet today. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, hey, man. now, there, there is another category, which I will never write another free estimate for in my life. I don't care how much you paid me. Like, it's just not even worth it. And that's for a mold job. Like, so if you get this mold lead, right, from your pay-per-click, your AdWords, your friend, your relative, your brother, your cousin, your mother, doesn't matter. Listen, I'm not going on that lead. I'm going to qualify the crap out of that thing on the phone and say, it's 10 grand for me to walk in the door. Are you interested still? Okay. Like, have a nice day. Because that, that's the most amount of busy work that you'll never get. Yeah. <laughs> you'll never get it. No. Never I, get it. So if, yeah, if you're SEO shopping. and mold, they're all shopping. All yeah. right. Have we killed this subject? We go to the next one? Anyone else? Estimates? All right. Mr. Fuller walked away from his machine. I don't know what the next... Clark, do you remember what uh, Nikki's next point was? I can't find her. Um, uh, you want me to go look for it? Yeah. Fuller had it 
pulled up, but now he's he's probably trying out one of those fancy new tanning beds, which he I don't want to see, Tim. I don't want to see it. Leave the camera. I alone. think he, I think he was next in line for the stand up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, what did she say? I I can't find it. Shoot, three great great topics. Uh, who's going uh, until I can find it, or or Clark can find it. Who's going to um, Ohio next week for the uh, the uh, Violin thing? Anybody here besides Clark and I? Oh, all right. I guess there's going to be a ton of people there. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, come on, Nikki. Nothing? All right. Who else yep. wants to come? Um, she said, I'm bringing it up. She, she said... Um, how do you create positive culture Ooh. Um, in your business? That's a good question. She had three, things, she had three things on there. One was um, the thing that we just got through talking about. Then the next one was um, positive culture with your employees. Well, not only that, Stephen, is what do you do to reward your employees? And mm. how do you create a positive culture within your company? So I guess, she doesn't mean I'm going to reward them for creating positive. So I guess that's a two-part question, right? A two-part question. How do you how do you reward your employees and how do you create a positive culture within your company? Okay. Um, I want to answer that for just a minute. We had two recently two members. Um, Josh Winton was one last, and then um, Brian Daltrey with drive patrol both have been giving $25 straight cash to any tech that can get a positive review from a homeowner and get the company and their own name named in there. A positive online review. Okay. Yep. A a positive verified online review from a customer at the time of end of service or et cetera, et cetera. And, And, and I know Josh got his first one and I know Daltrey has told me that he's got some getting three and four a week. So wow, uh, they're, re- they're, they're rewarding that. And that does go towards your culture is we're doing a culture of not only are we trying to give great reviews, but we want to tell the rest of the world that we do it. So, well, that's, and that's just the fact that they know that's a target. That's a KPI, right? That now becomes a metric that plays into the decision-making process as an employee. If I know going in, it's just like uh, emergency packout co. The hug wall. You guys, who here remembers the hug wall? I highlighted that early on, three or four weeks ago. They had a wall of hugs. Who here has not heard of the hug wall? Come on, nobody. Wow. They they have as part of their operating their SOP on their paperwork is to get a hug and a picture of the hug from the homeowner before they leave the property. And they have a hug wall. It goes, the picture goes into the file. If you know as a, as a technician, you're going to have to get a hug from this person at the end of this thing. How are you going to treat this person? Yes, that very, I, it's very impactful. Now, Stephen, I know you just, you just got done reading. He's probably just walked away. Uh, he's either in the middle of or just got done reading Leaders Eat Last, which is a great book from, from Simon Sinek. And he he talks about how 
how do you promote culture? And it's, it, it's about empowerment and, and bottom-up decision-making instead of top-down decision-making. Um, so the more you empower your employees to make decisions, he puts it, he puts it where you want to put the decision-making ability closest to the people with the best information. And a lot of times the leaders, we're up here. We don't have the best information, but we're, we, we want to hold on to the decision-making, right? We want to call the shots. We don't allow anyone below us to call these important shots, but there's three or four layers of administration between the information in the field and us. And that delay disempowers the person in the field, the technician. They don't feel like they have the power to make the right decision because you told them they can't. Uh, and it makes you make poor decisions because you don't have the right information. It's not fresh anymore by the time it hits your desk. Um, so that's, is that pretty close to, it's been a while since I read that book. Is that pretty close, Stephen? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I've gotten through the first couple of chapters and I've had to chew on a lot and. Oh man, you got to go back and take you notes. Know, you know, the other day, somebody was saying about, they were talking about culture on one of the posts and the guy was talking about business structure. And one thing I did was I've been working on my, my core values. Mm. So I took about, I took my business partner, his wife, my wife, and two or three other staff members that work for me. And I gave them four of my core values that I thought were good core values and I handed them to them and I said, I want feedback. Whether we can eliminate one, add one, add two, add three, put your two cents in here and let's get back together and talk. Get the buy-in. Yes. 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 And this guy on the post was like telling this other guy that was asking about business structure that, oh, you really don't need all that. It's not really important. Just go do work. Just go do your technical stuff. Ouch. And I'm thinking – no, you need this. It's not about you. It's about your company and building a legend. And the way you do that is you empower people. Mm-hmm. Are they going to make mistakes? Yeah, let them make mistakes. That's the only way to learn. No, if you're going to – I don't have time to micromanage every single aspect of my company mm-hmm. if I'm going to work on the business instead of in the business. And one of the things Simon talks about is a guy who went around and he bought up failing businesses. And he bought up an, uh, a manufacturing company and he saw the morale and he wondered, why is this place failing? Why is it so much in debt? Within a couple of years, he turned everything around because he saw that the people coming into the factory one door had a different mindset than the people that were sitting behind the administration desk that came in a different door. Mm-hmm. And he said, we're no longer going to come in different doors. Coming in the same damn door. We're all the same. Yes. We're going to work this business together. We're going to work for each other. And he began to change the culture. So I think culture change starts with the leadership team. Yes. But you got to incorporate everybody. If they're going to buy into your company and be loyal beyond that $25 bonus, besides that $1 an hour raise, get them to buy into your company. Mm-hmm. They buy into you. Start with the why. Simon Sinek. All right, go ahead, Clark. Are you guys aware? Are you guys aware that um, they say one of the happiest places to work in, in the world is Disney World? And 
people go down there and say, how is it you guys are always so happy? They must really, 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 really pay you a whole lot. They say, actually, matter of fact, they don't pay us that much. We just love working here. And they said the culture here is so great. But I, I, to Stephen's point, I think people now more than ever, I guess if you want to, you know, I don't like using the term and labeling people millennials, but it's not about the money really. You can honestly, jobs are a little easier to find right now. You can find a job anywhere. That's why it's so hard to find technicians right now. Right. You can choose where you spend your time. The choice is over onto the staff and the employee. Um, But yeah, no, Coke is good. I I just wanted to catch before Eric Fennell jumped off. Eric had a topic to talk about too. So he did. I just, yeah, yeah. I just, before we jumped off, but culture is, but it's not easy. So honestly, um, you're talking about, you know, different doors. So there's some companies that institute different color shirts for different levels. And there's some that say, mm. everybody here, everybody's going to wear the same thing mm-hmm. from top down. We're all going to wear the same uniform and everybody, you know, so there's, there's two lines of thinking. And I think you got to figure out what's best for your company and what you do and what you might be struggling with, but it's really interesting. Absolutely. Hey, it just occurred to me, Carl, Carl, have you been here before? Uh, I have once before. Oh, I remember you um, introducing yourself. No, sorry. I've, uh, I'm kind of quiet as I'm running a two-man operation that's nonstop go, go, go. Do it, man. Do it. <laughs> I love it. I love seeing well, it work. Thank you. Las Vegas, right? No, uh, Reno. 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 Yeah. Okay. Good old Tahoe, Reno. Man, it's hot there. Yeah, it's like 98 degrees right now. <laughs> All right, man. We'll get back to work. I love seeing it. Thanks. Hey, Eric, what was your topic? Do you remember that you typed in the next thread? It was about sun glare. Yeah, it was the sun glare. There he goes. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, okay. sir. You know what? Mine was just, yeah, sorry about the sun. I'm on my way home, so... Um, you know, mine was just a real broad topic called ethics and restoration. <laughs> mm. Yeah, hey, everybody loves to talk about that one. Wait, you know? isn't hey, that a, isn't those like opposites? Wait, <laughs> that's the whole reason why we have this group, right? Because we want to bring some ethics back to restoration, right? So, uh, give I us mean, an example. What's an well, example? I'll tell you. I'll tell you one. I I'm I'm one that I'm. Um, I struggle with the uh, marketing techniques at all. It seems like all the restoration companies in my area are. And one of them is is uh, uh, paying off plumbers for for work and giving plumber um, lead leads to lead money to plumbers. Exactly. Okay. So you know, right now, hundred bucks. That's the going rate in my market. Is five hundred dollars. Yeah, maybe it is, but I've I've seen plumbers uh, want fifty percent of the job. Ouch! At times. You know, so I I I got referred to a job by another restoration company, and I wa- and as I was on the way there, he said, "Oh, by the way, it's from a plumber, and he wants fifty percent." I just turned right back around. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> Said, "No thanks." No way. And, uh, to me, it's a rule. Sense that if we're if we're supposed to be transparent with our what we're charging, right? So that means I'm supposed to, as a rebel, 
hey, by the way, I'm going to give $500 to your plumber here, um, but not to you. I I'd rather have the, the client get the benefit of the uh, perk, mm. not the plumber. And there are so many, I've seen, you know, uh, plumbers can, you know, they can just go to the next guy that's going to ask, say, hey, 600 bucks, oh, 700 bucks, oh, 800 bucks, you know? Yep. And it just, it, to me, it's about uh, the integrity. Uh, you know how many times I've walked on the job and the adjuster has looked me square in the eyes and said, you got this from the plumber, right? And I know what he's saying. He's saying, you're going to overprice this so that you can pay the plumber. That's what the, that's what the the adjuster is telling me, and so the I, I get so much pushback because I'm an in, I'm an independent, and I'm getting my own leads, and they and these adjusters think that I'm getting these leads from a plumber. The fact is, I've never paid one plumber, and the three or four plumbers that I work with in my area, it's tip for tat. Hey, listen, you give me referrals, I will refer you. I'm a general contractor. I don't just do restoration work i do kitchen and bath remodeling i do additions and when i need plumbing work i just gave a ten thousand dollar plumbing job to a, a, a plumber i didn't ask for anything in return i yep. just say hey buddy here you go here's here for, for referring me i'm going to do the exact same thing for you and you know maybe i'm a little old-fashioned you know remember that was josh josh winton he was mentioned earlier he he put a post on about this thing where he was uh, uh, talking to a contractor in his area and the contractor wanted some sort of kickback for a referral for uh, mold remediations and water damages. And Josh said, well, you know, where, where I come from, maybe I'm a little old fashioned, um, it's tit for tat. You refer me, I refer you. This is about putting the customer first and the, the, the uh, contractor said, oh, yeah, I, I'm all about the money first, so see you later. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least he's honest. <laughs> yeah, at least he's honest. But I, I get his point. Hey, listen, I don't want to – there's a lot that get work from plumbers, and they, were, and they get – and they pay them. So I don't want to uh, – to me, it's, it's, it's an own personal thing. If someone is doing it, I'm not going to sit there and say – poo-poo on you, you know, shame on you, you're, you're unethical. In California, it is against the law for me to ref to get to collect any or to give out any. The only people in California that can get referral fees are realtors and lawyers. Those are the only two. Everything else, they're considered a kickback, and it's, it's unethical and sexually against the law. So I stay away from it. That's just one issue. There's, there's, many, there's many issues out there. Um, you know, it, it's a broad topic. I don't know. Hey, Josh, can I bring something up? Or go ahead, Andy. I, I, well, that, I want to talk to that for just a minute. Yeah, that well, that just goes to to one of my tenets of just how I believe we should operate as an industry is is we can't find we can't fight any battle we can't win any battles unless we start fighting from the moral high ground. Once you give up the moral high ground, you've lost before you even start. <laughs> Um, it's really, really hard to fight back if you're, if you're fighting from, from low ground. Yeah. What? Okay. Let me, let me play devil's advocate here. And, and, and I don't know, I don't know if there's something two minutes over. Missing. So, okay. So just, well, what's the difference? 
Okay, I think we all agree there's a cost of acquisition for every lead you Absolutely. ever get. There's marketing. There's marketing. Marketing. So what is it? So is it unethical to pay 33 mile radius or a pay per click? Because you're hijacking somebody clicking a lead. So, I mean, there's there's a monetary trade for every lead. You're paying a marketing person a salary or an incentive to get along. So what's I can see if plumbers were causing the leaks and you're getting, you know, there's a whole thing about that. And I've heard about that happening, but yeah, I guess that's, I'm gonna play, that's, I'm gonna play. A, that's a huge issue here. Okay. Well, that's, I've that's, seen that's that happen where plumbers go in and say, Hey, listen, I, I, I'll make this an accident for you. And then the insurance will pay to give you a whole remodel of your whole house. I've seen it. Okay. Mm. okay well, that's, that's a whole different subject. That's okay. Different so story. I'm just talking about, I'm talking about ABC plumbing gets a call out to a house and they're like, I mean, and I, I guess this is a little close to me because I work for a plumbing company and the guys are like, you know, listen, I want to keep this customer in house. I want this to be a company that we, they recognize me as giving them solutions to all their issues, but I, I just don't sure I can. Okay. So in California, if it's that bad, but I don't see what's illegal about it because I think that there's now I think you choose to play if it keeps going up. And I heard in Florida, it's a thousand to $1,200. That's, that's a personal choice. You got to say how much is enough. Right. I don't so think, I'm just I don't curious. Know if, I, yeah. I think Clark's right. We do pay for our leads one way or the other. Uh, the problem I see with plumbers is it's a slippery slope and the slope goes up. Yeah. Just like you just said, 1200 bucks for a lead in Florida. It's only a matter of time. Or, like I've said before, you're creating your own competition because you're showing them the willing. If you're showing them the willingness to hand out cold hard cash for these leads, it's only a matter of time before these plumbers get smart and do the roto rooter thing. Roto rooter is a mitigation contractor now. Go figure. Because how many leads did it take for them over how many years before they realized, you know what, there might be a market here that we could just capitalize on ourselves instead of handing this money out, you know, letting this, this lead go and letting somebody else make this money. So it's, it's tough. I, there's, I think there's a, there's an honest way to do that. Um, just like I'm willing to pay any commission to any salesperson that brings in the work. I'm going to pay a commission to that person. Is that, does that person have to be an employee for me to pay a commission to them? No. So, yeah, I, th- I see the other it's I not, see it's, it's not illegal in California if I want to give, like, a gift card to my plumber. So if I show up on a job and the, and the plumber says, you know, referred me to it, hey, here's $50 to Claim Jumper, here's $100 to Chili's, take, take your family out, thank you very much, I appreciate that. That's not illegal. Hmm. It's illegal to do it cash. So I have okay. come up with other ways to try to, to give to incentivize, but I, I, it's all, it goes back to Gary Edelson's point, right? His, his, his marketing strategy for agents is the same marketing strategy we should have for, for all the different avenues of lead generation that we have, all the different relationships. We want to find the ones that, um, that care about the customer. Yes. I want to find, I want to find the, 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 the plumber that cares about the, the, the customer. Um, the one that cares for good quality, that doesn't just want the fast cash uh, um, the for, for the customer being a good. Uh, hey, hey, guys. Hey, hey, Eric, you're breaking up. Okay, so let me ask you this. Sorry about that. 
and I, I, I am, I am, I think I'm going to stay on this tangent. I know you can kick me off because I know we're over time. If we're going to make it illegal that a plumber can't make cash off of that, then I want to make it illegal to where a carrier can assign a contractor that's on their program because that's again, it, that's a monetary. It is illegal here. That's a, well, it is. It is. That's a, a steering, steering is illegal. Yeah, so they, in a so lot of states, you're telling me vendor vendor programs for carriers don't exist. No, in they can have. They can have. No, they they have. No, they exist. By law, they have to give you. Oh, they had to. They had yeah. to give you three options, but the steering still does happen, illegal or that's, not. It does still happen. That's that's still steering. It's right. just giving you more choices. But they're yes. all three vendors for them. They might be. So that's they So so they're taking a monetary benefit from that from that transaction. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I appreciate Eric. I appreciate you expanding. Yeah, and one one quick point. Let me just steer this back to the rebels and why I'm here. Because you know, Jonathan Grubb, he he wants he wants to free everybody. His goal and e marketing and bring in all those all, his group of three guys, and then you also include Chris Perry in that. They want to free us independence from trying to, you know, pay off all these plumbers, give us the ability to actually generate our own leads naturally. Yes. And that's, that's, exactly that's part right. of this rebel group. And that's why I'm here. One exactly. Of the it's, it's, it was, it was magical. I had, had John on the phone today and I was like, remind me how we met. And he sent me a LinkedIn, you know, request, you know, two years ago. The first time he and I were on the phone, we were on the phone for two solid hours. The first time either one of us had spoken to each other because we just got it. He gets it. We just were on the same wavelength. I mean, re, he named his, his, his company United Restorers, for Christ's sake. I mean, yes, he, he, we, he, there is a better way. There is a different way. Um, and that is why we're here, Eric, is – is so we can all be free, so we can all play a different game. The old game is rigged. The old game is their rules, not our rules. We get to take our ball and go play a different game because we can. The technology is changing so fast. The people that are in this group, the people with this mindset, our mindset, are going to be able to react so much faster when things, when things change and mar- markets get turned upside down and and programs go away and new programs come in, we're going to be able to react so much faster than anyone else because we have the right mindset. And that's, that's what excites me. I'm, I'm happy. I am happy right now. I, I needed a room full of like-minded people to chit-chat for a while. I really appreciate that. Anyone want the last word? No? Good. Because I like having the last word. Not really. Love you all. It's been a good, uh, been a good meeting. And uh, reach down, pick each other up, support each other. Reach out across the street. Ask somebody if they need help. Uh, I had a pretty couple of high-profile suicides this week. Uh, reminds me, at least, we need to check on our friends, even our strong friends, because even our strong friends need help. Even our strong friends are, are struggling silently with their own battles that we may or may not be aware of. 
So if you, if you, someone's on your mind, they're on your mind for a reason. You should probably call them. Don't put it off. Call them. Don't email them and uh, love on each other. We'll see you guys in the group later.